Hello, today is August 10th. Let me move this a little bit closer. Uh, welcome to the Theta Game Podcast, the official podcast of ThetaGame.com. I'm your host, Juni, and thanks for tuning in. These are only my opinions and anything said in this podcast. The future podcast should not be considered financial advice. I have stock positions in AMD, Costco, and PayPal. Thank you. So this recording doesn't come that much further um, than the last recording. So I'm recording this 7.32 p.m. on a Wednesday um, just because tomorrow I'm going to be super busy with like work. Uh, and then Friday, I'm pretty sure it's going to be work slash, like, jujitsu. Uh, and then Saturday, I'm doing something with uh, my friends with, like, that's, I don't know, kind of like wine tasting. But it's not like wine wine tasting, it's like wine tasting. I don't know. I just feel like I'm going to be super busy, and there's going to be a really, really good chance that I'm just not going to be in the, like, best mood to record. And I felt, like, pretty good right now, so I just thought I'd cram one out. Um, just so I can like kind of post this later, but this is absolutely recorded uh, in the middle of the week on Wednesday. I'll probably release this on Sunday, but just know that anything that I'm saying right now could be a little late. But maybe we can play a little game where this is kind of like uh, Junie is a fortune teller type of thing, where I'm just gonna guess where we're gonna go and kind of like my thoughts of where we are, and that will be today's episode. Okay, this episode is coming to you on August 10th, which is a Wednesday, or at least it's being recorded on a Wednesday. I'll probably release this on a Sunday, but I just suspect that my uh, Friday will be busy, and I have lots of time right now to record, so I just thought I'd like cram one out. Um, yeah, and then also being like slightly busy on the weekend, but I'd also like to prov- like give myself some time to actually just like code on datagame.com. And some other stuff. So, uh, setting my selling so setting myself up for success. That's what I wanted to say uh, for this weekend. Just recording right now. So, if you hear anything that might be out of whack, uh, it's because I'm recording this a bit early. But what I'm trying to provide in this episode is just kind of my thoughts on what's happened this week and where we might go. So we can play a little bit of like, okay, did whatever Junie said uh, come true because he's a guru and a fortune teller. Well, we'll find out. The biggest news piece that has come out this week that everyone should be aware of is the CPI number. I think it stands for Consumer Price Index, but don't quote me on that yet. What does CPI stand for? Consumer Price Index, cool. (laughs) So it's a number that comes out every month, um, and I have it here. It comes out every month, um, like basically on the 10th, I guess like every Wednesday, let me just, like what's the pattern here? Uh, the next one comes out November 10. Oh, sorry, no. Wait, what month are we in? We're in August. Next one comes out on September 13. So September 13, that's a Tuesday. Okay, so I guess it doesn't really follow a schedule. The one in October is on the 13th. That's a Thursday. Alright, cool. So no set day, but rather, yeah, it does get released 5.30 a.m. Eastern. So, or 8.30 a.m. Eastern, 5.30 uh, a.m. Pacific time. So rip for those for those that are on the Pacific coast like me. 
So the CPI number uh, this month was down, which is great. Uh, we want to see that uh, because it means inflation is cooling off. Year over year, we were expecting 8.7% inflation, but we only got 8.5. So that's a, that's a better report by 0.2% for those that might think like, oh, you know, that doesn't seem like a whole lot. It is when the consumer is this scared. Um, but then I've also seen in passing that there's some articles about consumer confidence coming back. Um, and that's great too. Uh, and then we're kind of seeing the sentiment shift. I think the only thing that you need to look out for though, is that this can be a possible bear market rally. If you take all the rallies that have ever happened uh, on the S&P 500, the most violent rallies, the best ones that go like vertically straight up have been bear market rallies, at least a majority of them. So just take that into consideration with the price movement that we've had before. A lot of optimism gets put into place when we start going back up like this. Um, that's something that, that I'm being cognizant of, which is why I'm not, for example, going all in or putting buying like incredible amounts more right now. But I do plan on buying more often than I was like a month and a half ago or two months ago. I've been buying more Costco and more AMD and more PayPal slowly, but I'll just be upping that in the short term. Uh, I still plan on just making sure that I can exit my positions for green. That's like my major focus. Um, and then just try not to get got in the process. Meaning like, you know, I suspect that there could be a bear market rally, but you don't see me like spending like $2,000 on puts right now just as like a safety hedge or something like that, even though that's like 1% of my portfolio. I'm just hyper focused on breaking even and having my portfolio turn green and then just carefully trading and then just doing what I always used to do from that moment on. Um, I think forcing things right now is absolutely the wrong move. If you think like, hey, you wanna make a lot of money uh, on this sentiment shift and you just wanna buy calls because everything seems to be bullish now, I think you're shooting yourself in the foot and your feelings are gonna get really hurt in case if we start reversing. We can start reversing anytime, like anything can happen. I, you need to remember that it's really hard to remember on the spot. You know, Wall Street bets will soon have a lot of memes of people posting their gains, um, and you're gonna feel FOMO. If you're red for the year, uh, you probably need to work on your FOMO. Like th these are the times when times are most volatile uh, that you get got the most. Volatility is also going down right now because the CPI number was reported. Right? There's a lot of uncertainty when we don't know the inflation number, but we got the inflation number and it came in at a good number. It means inflation is cooling off, the Fed raising interest rates is working, so them like stopping interest rates or putting them on pause or maybe cutting them is now like back on the table, though I don't think that's going to happen at the next FOMC. Maybe they'll talk about a pause, but I don't think a cut is coming anytime soon. I think that'd be kind of crazy, but we'll see. We'll see, especially like by next month, if we get the CPI number even more down, I could see stocks rallying super hard off of that. But look at it from this perspective. If you have this strong suspicion that we might uh, moon really hard, buying calls here doesn't seem safe because there's a chance that this was just a blip in the CPI or inflation numbers and maybe the next one comes in higher and then now everyone's just kind of scared and then we get into this like high volatility situation where no one knows what's going to happen 
But if your main play is like, hey, I think the Fed will be um, like really bullish in the meeting and talk about things in a way that seems like they're gonna pause or cut rates, buying calls for next month isn't necessarily the best move right now, right? Maybe if you're green on your portfolio already, by the way, congrats, if you're green for the year, I think that's like really commendable uh, because there are a lot of opportunities for you to mess up. But if you're green, that's awesome. Um, I think if you're green, you can do plays like that. But for example, me, I'm red for the year. I'm red um, 11K, which is about like 5%. I'm down 5% for the year. I'm pretty proud of that. Um, I have a little ways to go to break even, but um, like slow and steady. I'm trying to not um, shoot myself in the foot and do anything like rash. I also got a email um, from a longtime friend and listener of the podcast. Um, I'm going to choose to keep them anonymous here. But I want to make a correction of something that I said um, two episodes ago when I commended um, Microsoft for basically giving everyone raises and then having that be like a flex and uh, there weren't any sort of layoffs happening. Um, I got an email or like an inside tip that there are layoffs happening. And so, yeah, I just wanted to correct myself there in case if you know anybody was affected by those layoffs and is listening. It's like, yeah, I got your back. I'm gonna admit when I was wrong. Um, Microsoft is going through layoffs, though I do think Microsoft is well positioned. They have good free cash flow. They're a blue chip company. They got a dividend, they're tech. Um, they got good leadership, they're in the cloud. They got everything going on for them right now. Um, but it is sad that they're going through layoffs. But of course, a lot of other companies are well as well. Whoa. I want to bring up this tweet um, that I retweeted. I thought it was pretty cool. No cap. Um, Bustin' for real, for real. Um, so there's this tweet that said, NVIDIA's CEO report reportedly reassured employees that layoffs aren't coming after missing revenue targets, according to Business Insider. And then there's like a follow-up tweet that says, NVIDIA employees given raises, CEO says no layoffs. So... NVIDIA is basically doing what I thought Microsoft was doing, uh, but you know I could be wrong about this too, or this person could be wrong about this too, where we just don't know people on the inside and we don't actually know the true story. But if we go off of this tweet and if we go off of Business Insider, it does look like NVIDIA is just giving everyone raises and saying no layoffs. So that's pretty cool. NVIDIA has been one of my favorite tr uh, stocks to trade. Um, all of like the last two years, um, the last two and a half years, I've kind of weaned off of NVIDIA and started trading AMD a little bit more, um, as well as PayPal. Um, but you know, when time comes, I'll jump back into NVIDIA, but I just have a little bit more to cover ground with AMD before jumping into and diversifying my semi part of my portfolio. We have a user email. Um, that I thought would be pretty cool to uh, share here. Um, it reads, Hey Junie, longtime podcast listener here. I wanted to ask you about your opinion on leaps. You have mentioned numerous times how you dislike them, but I don't think you have really explained it properly on the podcast. Episode 76 is about leaps and stocks, but in that episode you pretty much just said that leaps suck for small portfolios and buying shares is better. And I still do. Um, this, however, doesn't cover the potential benefits for medium, large-sized portfolios. Correct. 
I probably said that if you had plenty of money, then it's okay. But a lot of my listeners uh, don't have that big of portfolios, and so I'm just speaking to my audience. You also said that buying leaps is more of a commitment as compared to stock, stocks, and I still believe that. Uh, but I'd say it's the opposite. Hmm. Okay, so that's interesting to me. Leaps give you exposure to more shares for less money. Yes, I also agree with that. Um, he writes, an example is a 90 Delta SPY uh, leap will, will cost much less than buying 90 shares of SPY, even though the exposure is the same. And I totally, absolutely agree. And I think this is a great talking point for today's like episode about if you think there's a sentiment shift, buying leaps could seem appetizing because it's basically buying shares on margin, having that same exposure for less money. But we'll get into that. We'll get into that. He goes on to say, uh, I think buying in the money leaps alongside your long shares, 90% stocks, 10% leaps, while not very theta gain, although you can make it a poor man cover call, is a great way to create leverage in your portfolio and accelerate long-term growth. Of course, going all in on leaps is a bad idea because you lose everything when a crash comes, but using leaps as a portfolio booster shot and funneling those gains into more shares shouldn't be completely dismissed. I'd love to hear you some thoughts on the podcast since you share the opposite view. Um, both plural, oh, he writes, both plural and singular of leaps is leaps. I don't know if I could ever break calling a single leap leaps, but uh, I can try. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no promises, no promises. Okay, so I think we are in agreement. I don't think we're blatantly disagreeing. Okay, so there's a few points here. And um, because I'm like talking second, I'm not going to do that thing where like, you know, you write me a nice letter asking an honest question. And then like, I try to sound correct for like the next 40 minutes, right? Like taking it fair point, I think, yeah, if you have a medium to large size portfolio, yes, I think leaps make perfect sense. Like anything in moderation is good. For example, it's not very theta gain, but I buy long puts sometimes. It's not very theta gain, but I buy long calls sometimes. All of it's recorded, by the way, at thetagain.com slash juni. Every single one of my trades is up there. I've been doing this for like almost three years and um, just continuing to have fun and showing them uh, everything. Um, what I have to say though is like, I think we we're just talking to do two different audiences. I think you kind of assume that everyone has uh, a medium large size portfolio. Um, and that could be true for like your immediate circle or like, I don't know, just the people that you want to talk to, maybe the people that aren't listening though, the people that are listening to this podcast don't have a six, six digit portfolio or even like some of them don't even have a five digit portfolio. So I'm trying to convince people that going all in on leaps is not a good idea, which you also agree with. I think we both agree that going all in in any scenario is uh, really not good. Um, you talk about this 90-10 split, 90% stocks and 10% leaps um, strategy, and I think that's great too. Yeah, you you are you have a lot of intrinsic value with stocks and you want to get some little bit more exposure with 10% leaps. I think that's great. I have actually nothing bad to say about that at all. You mentioned... Uh, although you can make it a PMCC or a poor man's covered call, I have problems with that too. Like I don't like those at all. I think in practice, poor man's covered calls are really bad. I think you should just save up money and not be a poor man, and uh, you know just 
you know, buy buy a leap or and just keep it there and then make it 10% of your portfolio or like buy shares and do maybe sell one cover call at a time you know people can be like oh wow did you just say that like make a make a poor man cover call like not poor like wow he seems so disconnected i can't believe he would say something like that it's poor man cover calls are so misleading right like you have these amateur people and i'm amateur too like don't get me wrong but i'm not here recommending people to do risky things, right? There are amateurs on YouTube, there are amateurs on Reddit telling everybody that like poor man cover calls are like the best thing ever, that leaps are the best thing ever. All these things that have like leverage associated to them. People are saying like, oh, you should sell cash secure puts because it's free money. Oh, you can just sell cover calls and blah, blah, blah. But they don't tell you the ins and outs of what really happens when you get assigned and all these intricacies of what happens like when you lose on a poor man's cover call well junior you can never lose but you can and you have to do your due diligence to figure out what uh, like how so yes i think as long as you don't go all in uh like you mentioned and as long as you maybe like have that 90 10 split of stocks versus leaps i think that's also healthy um you mentioned something like uh, leaps is more of a commitment uh, as compared to stocks, but I'd say it's the opposite. That might be the only thing that I slightly disagree with because when you say that leaps are less of a commitment, you're under the assumption that you're getting it correct. Okay, so this is this is probably just a deeper, like deeper... Um, a perspective I think that's the correct word that I want to use is like my perspective is that people make the wrong choices all the time and it's like about mitigating the wrong choices and doing the things that kind of stop you from doing the wrong choices in the first place buying leaps requires a lot of discipline right like if you were to say buy like 10 12 13 shares at a time or maybe like five six shares at a time that seems way less of a commitment to me because you're consistently dollar cost averaging um, rather than buying one leap. And then if there's any sort of reversal in the market, you're infinitely going to just lose on the leap. You don't gain any equity on the leap. You start losing the day you buy it if the stock trades immediately flat and down. Then you know you're going to counter possibly with like, well, Junie, if you're if you've been in the market uh, for as long as I have, you know that stocks only go up. But then you and I also both know that stocks don't do that, right? Like stocks don't actually just only go up. We have pretty big scary movements, kind of like how we've had for the last few years or a few years, a uh, few months. Uh, and that's where I say the discipline comes in. I think you are really disciplined. I don't think a lot of other traders are disciplined, right? When someone buys a leap hoping to make money and then the market starts reversing, you might be able to hold on to the leap because you have 90% of your shares and 90% uh, portfolio in stocks. The person that just learned about leap and bought a leap with 50% of their portfolio is going to freak out about it and say like, oh, well, you know, I'm losing to theta and all this stuff, even though it's like barely noticeable when it's a year or more out and blah, blah, blah. So I'm just going to close it for red and then move on to the next thing. And they never really learned the fundamentals of everything. What you basically packaged up in this email is a understanding of 
portfolio management on top of leaps. I don't like leaps because it requires that sort of portfolio management and then all the intricacies that go into every single part of that that I don't like pitching to other people. And so I think that's it. It's just we have different audiences that we're trying to talk to. Um, for you, yeah, if you and I grabbed a coffee and you said, hey, I think leaps are pretty good. And then you told me all these things about the 90-10 split um, and then you know never going all in and all this stuff. And if you're buying companies that you love to own and you're buying companies that you really believe in and not just like this next big hype stock and you're buying leaps that have lots of intrinsic value on them. If you're telling me all these responsible things, I'm going to nod my head and be like, heck yes, dude, like, let's go, let's do that. That sounds great. But you know, if you are someone that comes up to me and says, hey, are you the, are you the Asian guy on Twitch that sh shows his portfolio and says that he's real all the time? Uh, do you think I should buy leaps? Uh, I just started trading like a month ago. Like I would not recommend leaps in the slightest. I would just, yeah, I, I just couldn't do it. And it, you know, so some people might say, well, Junie, why don't you say like leaps are okay, um, but then tell them all these things of why it might be okay. And that could be good. I'm basically doing that right now by like openly explaining that I like the 90-10 split and not going all in. But I've said that like in all of my podcasts really. Maybe not the 90-10 thing because I don't really go over like portfolio management. But like that whole all in part is really important. Because you know I mentioned that like person that doesn't have a five digit portfolio that buys one leap might be 50% in. And at that point, it is basically all in because how are you going to double down? You're going to double down one time and then be all in? No, you don't have that choice because then you're going to be all in if you buy a $5,000 leap for the 10K portfolio. It's just so many ways to look at it. I think you're correct in your own ways. I think I'm correct in my own ways. And it's really just like how responsible is the recipient of this advice? It's like, do, do they know how to manage a portfolio? Can they hold on to red positions for a long time if it turns red? Do they know when to double down? Do they know if they want to set up a stop loss? Do they understand what a stop loss is? All that stuff. So thanks for writing in, Hugh. This was a great, great uh, topic to talk about. Oh, actually, there's one more thing. Let me just take a quick pause here. So I mentioned that the sentiment is shifting. And this would look like a good time to buy leaps. It could look like one. If you believe that the sentiment is shifting and you want to buy shares or get more exposure, if you have like a, a good sized portfolio, then buying leaps doesn't seem that bad, especially as volatility starts to dwindle down, especially if we say like trade flat or slightly up in the short term. Leaps don't seem that bad. Um, if say this is exactly, this is, per, this is a perfect scenario, right? Hugh, imagine, you know, someone listening to this podcast right now only has like 5,000 bucks. And then I just start talking about how, you know, right now is a good time to buy leaps because leaps are perfect because they give you more exposure for less money. What if I just stopped there? You know, what if I just stopped there and said that then it'd be very misleading because you have to consider that there is a possibility of us reversing, right? Maybe this is a bear market rally, it's just a very violent rally and we start reversing really hard. Then, you know, instead of having told the audience like, hey, you know, buying shares slowly, dollar cost averaging until we see like a really good confirmation of an uptrend rather than just a bear market 
uh, rally, then it'd be good. Um, but buying leaps, the risk reward to me right now doesn't make sense uh, at all for a small portfolio. It it kind of doesn't make sense to me for like uh, even like a medium sized portfolio. If you have a large portfolio, of course I don't care if you spend like three to five thousand dollars on a leap. If it's like one percent of your portfolio, like go at it, have fun. Um, but for most people, I would say they don't have the option to do that. And so just be be wary that this could be a bear market rally and we can start reversing. Some people might be like, well, Junie, when do you know that you know there's a good confirmation on the uptrend? Like a good sign is if we go up like we have been and we've cooled down a little bit uh, like we have been and then we continue to go up uh, past that previous um, high of that rally. So, you know, if we're going only up, you, you don't ever say like, okay, I think we can just keep going. Like that's not healthy. You want to be able to go up, go slightly lower, and then keep going up, then slightly lower, and then keep going up. You don't want to trade when graphs look like a vertical line going up. Um, I'd say that's like a recipe for disaster. Uh, maybe a recipe that is good for like covered calls. You know, those are the, my favorite type of uh, indicators for selling covered calls is when there's like just vertical candles, like very, very vertical candles going upwards, but um there's a little bit more i guess science in that with, with rsi but you know let me just say vertical candles and call it a day let me finish today's episode with just like a little bit more of like advice that has helped me out um something that's helped me in my like fading like journey is finding ways to not lose money now that can sound super scammy and super guru-y, right? Like I just said that cash care puts and cover calls are not free money. Judy, you're so hypocritical. Why are you saying one thing and then saying the other? The thing that has gotten trading to click for me is finding the opportune times to do these like sort of plays where you sell cover calls or vertical candles or like uh, RSI and you know you play around with like EMAs and SMAs and all this stuff like all that oogla boogla technical analysis stuff kind of helps me just like harden my positions or my thesis so that I can like stay red a little bit longer and not like capitulate um, there's this other side though where the strategies that I use maximize my like ability to not lose money for example the majority of my plays are cash secure puts and covered calls where I only stand to gain equity or gain premium. I never necessarily lose until I sell the stock, uh, at least how I currently trade. Um, and it's worked for a lot of this year until I sold my 100 shares of PayPal um, where I stand to be red for minus 15k um which is like the majority of my loss for this year but i only sold 100 out of my 400 shares but with that said with that example what has helped me the most is dollar cost averaging little by little i would say that i have like a medium-sized portfolio so for those that have not ever tuned into the twitch stream where i show off my portfolio i show off my like my entire like 
net liquid. Like you can see the number like straight up there. I, I trade with a 210K portfolio where I'm currently down um, 11K uh, for the year. And um, I have to say that if I were to have bought leaps any time during this year, I would be down a lot more. Um, buying uh, shares has kept me more active Right, like it's easy to buy shares in lots of like 12, 13, 25 shares. Like that, that's easy for me. Like that's drops in a bucket for me when it comes to like allocating my paycheck to to some buys here, some buys there. Not that I'm rich, but like I'm trying to like, you know, invest my money so I can afford a nice house, raise three daughters, and you know, find a wife. Uh, you know, all this this stuff. Um, but uh, I can't imagine doing that with leaps. Uh, again, I don't have a large portfolio. I'd say I have a, maybe a medium portfolio. Buying leaps would have costed me a fortune this this year. Maybe it's different for other people though, right? Like some people like probably bought leaps at the very bottom of this like recent super dip that we had or this <laughs> this minor crash, super dip or minor crash, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I'd say like congrats like that's that's a play that really worked out for you But not a lot of people are that lucky or that skilled however you want to frame it um, So what has worked for me and that I could proudly let you know present to you on this podcast is like buy shares a little bit at a time It keeps your confidence going in the market. It keeps you motivated to come back Because this is a game or war of attrition, right? Like your mental ability to log back into your broker and to just keep going at it is like really important. Uh, for example, if you get got, um, you lose like 20K in a trade. Yeah, I'm not gonna expect you to come back and log in anytime soon. Like you're gonna learn your lesson there and you might never log back in again. Um, but you know, there comes to a point where you know you start learning these lessons and the lessons start paying off and you can start turning green for the year and then you start making some reasonable amount of money from the market every year and you can kind of speed track your retirement. Um, buying uh, shares has kept me motivated enough to just like keep on going uh, despite like this like really like harsh trading condition that we've had. Um, so. I, I don't know. I don't know how much else to explain it other than like it keeps me engaged enough to want to keep going. It's weird. Like I think a lot of people take breaks during times like these and I think that's healthy too. Anytime you get got or anytime you're stressed about the market, I think you should absolutely take a break. Uh, there's no reason to like, um, you know, you know, drain yourself of any sort of like happiness by like consistently losing but once you like cool off you cool off from the tilt and you start taking the the red or the losses as lessons like true lessons like you're like oh you know i could have done this better and all this stuff then it becomes fun to keep it fun keep the buys really small leaps don't really enable that leaps are pretty expensive at least for my size portfolio um with the stocks i i like to trade but uh, take it from a person that shows all of their trades. Every single one. Thetagain.com slash uni. I've done it for three years straight. Um, and I, I'm going to say that. Pro I, I'm going to say that like all the time. I'm like super proud of like 
showing my portfolio on Twitch, live streaming, uh, answering questions, recording this podcast. And the thing that I think separates me the most out of anyone is the fact that I show my portfolio. So that way, when I talk this talk that I'm talking, it's not just like me disagreeing with someone. It's like I have data to back it up of this, this strategy working for me. I'm pretty sure if you want to take my data, scrape it, put it in a JSON, and then sprinkle leaps in there somewhere, it, my portfolio would be uh, a lot uh, a lot more red. Um, but we're starting to trend back upwards if this bear market rally isn't some sort of like big one-month dead cat bounce. Um, so just be careful. You're gonna you're gonna see a lot of the gurus come back out of you know the hibernation they've been in. You know a lot of people that were um, really diehard data gang took a break. They got got during this time on the way down. I'm telling you, like there's a, there are a lot of people that are not um, you know either posting on Reddit or YouTube or Twitter uh, right now. You know, like a lot of these gurus are really quiet. And it's because trading calls and puts during these types of environments is the hardest. And you will get wiped if you are not the lucky 1% that actually makes it out alive and with a good amount. Or less than 1%, as I should say. Because day traders are not as successful as they should be. But that is another episode. Not for another time, because I've already recorded that. I think the episode's called You're Not a Day Trader. It's one of the, it's one of my favorite episodes I've ever recorded, I think. I, it's just, it's amazing that I found that article. Um, it's like peer reviewed and everything. Super dope. I think you should listen to it if you haven't listened to it yet. Um, and yeah, I'm never gonna tell you what to buy. I'm never gonna tell you like what to do. I might tell you what I wouldn't do uh, and why I wouldn't do it out of my own experiences, but it's definitely up to you to decide. If you want to buy leaps tomorrow, yeah, you go for it. Uh, and it, even if you get got, uh, you're free to stop by in my Twitch stream, say hi. If you feel like you're getting stuck on a leap, we can talk it out. I can like kind of show you like what I might do to make that position better. If you buy leaps tomorrow and you make tons of money in like on it in like three months, stop by the Twitch stream and say like, hey, Junie, look, I made this money on leaps and we'll celebrate it and we'll talk about this episode and it'll be all good. Like, I just want people to make responsible decisions. I don't want you to, I don't want you to get tricked or bamboozled or speckles orbed for my SpongeBob listeners. Um, I don't want you to, I don't want you to get got. Um, you know, I think a lot of people take what I say and like you know take it like personal even though like I dude I'm attacking strategies like I don't like poor man cover calls I don't like leaps it's not like I don't like you um but those are my own experiences you know a lot of people don't have the platform to speak like this though you can recording a podcast is really easy all it takes is a gaming headset and audacity um so you know Maybe the successful ones are so successful at leaps that they don't need to record a podcast. Wow, go figure that one. Mm. Anyway, um, this episode was pretty good. I'll probably name this something with like inflation and leaps. Um, leap inflation, uh, inflated leaps. Some, I don't know, something like that. Maybe something clever, maybe something not. Um, but anyway. This was an early episode. CPI numbers or inflation numbers came out good year over year, um, 0.2 less uh, than what we expected. So 
this is the bullish turn. Um, you know, th- I've been getting recommended on YouTube, and that's just because I've been watching some like macroeconomic stuff, uh, stuff about like China. Um, I don't get anything about Ukraine anymore, which is really crazy to think about that that was so much of our news just a bit ago. Maybe that even pops up later. Um, I've been you know more and more excited about the crypto space. I think it's it's I think this is the coolest time to like check out cryptos like when all the all the hype has kind of like died out. This is definitely the crypto winter or as they're like this is like the I, I know it's not called crypto summer because that sounds like kind of good. It's like summer something, summer sadness, crypto summer sadness. I don't know, something like that. Um, but, you know, when it's not so manic is the best time to like check out something. And, you know, now is a decent time to like kind of look at crypto. Um, but just to say, I have a position in Bitcoin and Ethereum. I don't want to sound like, oh, you'll get it now before it's too late. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. To the moon, hodl. Yeah. No. Um, I think it's just fun to look at. It's a new technology, Web3, NFTs. NFTs, most of them are pretty much a scam, but who knows? You know, like people pay up millions and millions of dollars for an oil canvas painting. And uh, how much cooler is really is that if you can't even prove if it's real you know there's a lot of oil canvas paintings that are fakes now and it's like ah like who cares if it's a fake if it's like reasonably similar you know if it's like a regular person can't tell like ah, or if it's is it just a replica and you start talking about nfts well i can just right click it but that's not the point because there's a meta tag but then does the meta tag matter I love this stuff. Like, if there's like this r- really controversial opinion on things, I love being in the middle. Being in the middle is the funnest place because if you can be neutral, this is getting to some life, life advice stuff. So it's just, just tune up the podcast. That's it. That's this is it for today. I'm gonna just say the outro and I'm gonna end the episode. Um, yeah, you know what? I'm even gonna stay quiet for five seconds so you can find open up the phone and then like skip to the next episode or go to another podcast. So here you go. Five seconds. Okay. So being in the middle is the best feeling ever. And that's where I really, really shine. It's, it's when you agree with like both parties, but also disagree with both parties that's where you have, to me, the most power. Like you have the most trolling power because you won't have really any emotional attachment because you side with both sides and you just, you you basically just gaslight both sides and you just say, hey, well, have you thought about this really like uh, good point from them? And have you considered this point from the other people? And you find out a lot. Um, being in the middle and you know a lot of people speak about their opinions with a lot of emotion and that's okay i mean i'd say that i have a lot of emotions even just recording this podcast by myself in this room um but it's when people get mad trying to prove their point i think it's just hilarious like you yeah i don't know i don't know if anyone's ever told you but you're not you're not really in charge of anyone's emotions so like if you're mad that you're not changing this person's mind like i don't know man like can you really be mad like it's you can be 
like frustrated, but you don't gotta start naming names and being disrespectful and stuff. Like you can just go on about your day. And this is the type of stuff where it's like, you know, whether if it's like leaps, poor man covered calls, or people just blatantly saying, um, or yeah, poor man covered calls, or people buying calls, buying puts, selling naked options, like any of any of this stuff. I think there's a time and place for all of these strategies. But what puts me like kind of different is like even different from the Theta Gang people, because like I if poor man covered calls are kind of like Theta Gang. If you if you also want to sell like naked calls or if you just want to like sell all the cash secured puts to and go all in like there are theta game people of all types of risk appetites and I'm pretty conservative like I would just buy tons of stocks and do the most boring way if I was buttloads of rich I I wouldn't do what I'm doing right now if I was rich but I'm not rich so. Being just in the middle, I get to get all these like unique perspectives of how people trade. And it's like, if people try to poke fun at me, oh man, because I'm in the middle, I already agree with what you do. But if you don't agree with what I do and you try to tell me what to do, you've just given me all of your power. <laughs> like I am at the emotional high ground. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna ruin your day. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And I could relate that in, in, all, in, all, in all my like, different aspects of life. If you start caring too much, um, you're going to get got, like just, just in life in general. And that goes with like work, relationships, not saying that you shouldn't try because I absolutely try in all my relationships, whether it's like friends, family, and like, you know, spouse slash girlfriend, you know, that, that type of stuff, you know, the romantic stuffs. Um, you should never be afraid to try. But when you start caring too much, where your emotions start to get affected, where you know you're you're placing your happiness into other people's hands, you kind of need to dial that back. Um, and that goes with like, yeah, just like Twitterology, just like one on one. Like you should never get upset at a tweet. Like just straight up, if you find yourself getting upset at a tweet, yeah, maybe someone said something messed up and you don't agree with it, and you're like, yikes. But it just stop there. Because you're not gonna change anyone's mind on a platform that you know incentivizes like 200 words or less. I, I know it's more than 200 words, but it has a character limit, you know. So you, you have to understand that that's not the platform to change someone's mind. Um, and so it is what it is. Being in the middle is not 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 bad. Um, you should stand up for what you believe in, 100 um, percent. But maybe you know fighting that cause on Twitter is not so good. Uh, if you think that you know rich should pay more taxes and stuff, maybe instead of complaining on Twitter, you go vote, you go advocate voting, you don't make fun of people that you're trying to change your minds on. You know, it's kind of weird when you try to like you know insult people that you're trying to change their minds on. Like you know the whole political thing. It's like. Oh, I'm calling Democrats uh, lazy. Uh, they should respect rich people more. But like, if I'm calling them lazy, like, how are they gonna like flip sides? Or it's the other way around. It's like, oh, Republicans are so greedy. They must like, they must uh, have their heads up their butts and all this stuff. Well, you just called. You just said their heads are up on their butts. That's uh, that's 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 mean, man. <laughs> so I don't know. I just you see a lot when you're in the middle. Um, I, and you know, 
if you if you think like you know your emotions have been getting kind of kind of out there i know that quarantine has definitely accelerated some of that i think being in the middle and trying to learn this like this mindset of just not caring too much uh is is pretty fun and it's pretty relaxing uh i'm pretty sure there's a word for it um or a lifestyle or uh, a phrase or a saying but it's nice Give it a try if you have not already. If you've already given it a try, then maybe you know this just this is this is not the this is not the podcast section for you. It's not. It's this is, it hasn't worked. Then that's fine. Uh, but you know, sometimes people need a little nudge. And speaking of nudges, call your parents. I won't tell you how to trade, but I will tell you how to live your life when it means calling your parents. If you don't have parents, call your friends. If you don't have friends, you have me on Tuesdays at twitch.tv slash realthetagain. Come hang out, especially if you're feeling lonely, sad, if you got got, or if you got gains, come by anyway. Um, and uh, yeah, mental health is super important. Therapy is really cool. Um, your therapist will not always be like the first one. The first one will not always be like a match made in heaven. Sometimes you can shop around. It's pretty cool. Um, anything else, anything else, anything else, um, live life, go do things that like, you know, you've always wanted to do. There's no such thing as a bucket list. You should just have a list of things that you want to do. Just go do them. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Hmm. Oh, I guess, I mean, just something that just on the personal level, I've gotten more into like plants again, kind of, or I guess I've never like kind of stopped, but. The orchid's still still growing. Um, it's just off camera on the stream, so there's nothing behind me anymore. Uh, and then there's uh, lots of bonsai now. So I've been getting to bonsai. And, dude, learning about bonsai is crazy. Um, like, the things that you gotta do to, like, grow the bonsai in a specific way. I never knew there was any which part in this, like, where you have sacrificial branches to make the trunk bigger in certain areas and you gotta shape it this way with like wire and it is crazy. Anyway, I've been having loads of fun. Um, my life has been uh, really good because my parents have been really good. So, oh, and this update on my stepdad. So my stepdad went to, get, got his blood drawn. He, he actually got it. He overcame his fear of needles, went there, got it done and his A1C levels are now at six. So for those that don't know, Six is pretty bad for your blood level for that much sugar, uh, but he's already diabetic, so six is okay enough for him to not take insulin because he's, for those that don't know, afraid of needles. So he is, he's just on medication because, again, for those who don't know, because I, I learned all of this in like the last like year. Um, you don't have to take insulin by injection. Uh, if you have your diabetes under enough control, you can take like this pill that's called gabapentin. Um, and so he's stoked about that. Uh, he's had like nerve pains in his legs, um, which is from like his his blood sugar just being too high and like it like damages his nerves in his legs and kind of like starts on his feet and upwards. And as it gets it, it can only get worse and worse, not really ever like better, uh, but it can st like stagnate at least the level of pain. So I'm excited for him to go to uh, physical therapy, but, oh, and there's so many 
like pros for him to go for physical therapy. It's like it gets him on a schedule, right? Like if you got physical therapy three days a week, well, you got to get out of the house three days a week. It's going to motivate you to shower three days a week. It's going to gonna do all this. Some of you might be like, oh, that's gross. Like why wouldn't you shower three days a week? Nah, there's – dude, old, old people are – old people are so stubborn. They have their own ways. Like that, that includes my mom. I love my mom. I love my stepdad. I love my dad. I love I love all my family members, really. But what I just learned is everybody just got their own way, and you just got to kind of, like, live next to them. <laughs> and so, I mean, that that's the whole living in the middle thing. If I put all my happiness on my parents and how they lived their life and how they ate, even though they had diabetes, I would be upset all the time. It's like, why are you eating this? No. But I'm learning slowly but surely, right? Like, I'm in control of my own happiness. Home, home. <laughs> um, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. It's, it is, it is not something that you should like actively try, like being happy. And this is, this is the last point because I know I'm going on forever. But if you aim to be happy all the time, like you're gonna have a bad time because you're gonna really notice the times when you aren't happy. Just like try to make these like micro improvements in your life that just like kinda make your everyday less and less likely to be bad. Like for example, making your bed in the morning, like for me, um, if I have a bad day, like we've all heard that general speech at that place. I heard that speech once and I've done that since then. Like just like, ver like since that day I saw that speech on YouTube, I just made my bed every day. He says like, you make a bed, you make your bed every day in the morning and it sets your brain ready to complete the next task. Like instead of looking at your phone, just get up, make your bed and boom, your dopamine fires is like, whoa, yeah, I just made my bed, boom. And even if you have a bad day, you have a neatly tucked bed waiting for you for, you know, when you want to sleep it off, maybe your emotions are crazy and you just want to like nap, whatever, that's cool. So I learned about that. Um, I live my life in a way that like minimizes any sort of like minor stresses. So like I pay my bills on time, I make sure my all my bills are paid, like auto pay, everything, I pay my credit card off every day. Like I get enjoyment off of that stuff. Um, I, uh, what else do I do, what else do I do? Um, I live my like life very organized. So there's never a moment where like, <laughs> well, I guess I'll never say never, but it's very rare for me to lose something. Like, you know, when you like have that frustration, it's like, oh, where's my keys? Oh, where's this? You know, that moment of you on your way out of the door and you just being like, oh, where's my keys? I'm gonna be late to this thing. And then you're late to that thing. And then you're in a bad mood because you're late to that thing. And then you're in a bad mood because someone, when you, went to that thing, asked you why you're in a bad mood, and you're like, why did you ask me about a bad mood? I'm not in a bad mood. And that kind of like changes the vibe of the entire place where instead of you just like got your keys ready and just like drove off there and you, like it's all, it's all of this like, you do all these things in your life that you, you might not think is affecting your day, but it does. But maybe I'm crazy, you know, maybe that's, maybe I'm just hypersensitive to stress so that I have to do things to accommodate my life. And here I am being introspective and not pushing my views onto you, right? Like I'm saying that this could definitely also be just a me thing. I don't wanna seem like, oh, you gotta make your bed, you gotta do this. But if you're not feeling good and you know, you've been feeling kind of sad or if you've been feeling kind of off, 
then maybe making your bed in the morning is not a bad idea for the reasons that I laid out or, you know, from the general and that YouTube video laid out. Or uh, if you find yourself, like, just constantly always irritated, then maybe there's something that you can do to, like, kind of minimize those little stresses so that your day is a little bit more consistent on the, like, not unhappy level, you know? Not the happiness level, because that's a really hard thing to strive for, but, you know, the not unhappy is, like, pretty good. Anyway, thank you for all for listening. Um, yeah, it got a bit philosophical at the end there, but these are just my life experiences, and, uh, you know, when my three daughters eventually listen to this, uh, either when I'm passed away or maybe when they're old enough to understand that their appa or their dad had a podcast where he spoke into the mic alone uh, in the room, um, then maybe they'll appreciate it. Um, to my three daughters, if you're listening to this when I'm dead, uh, <laughs> I'm looking over you. Um, and by the way, for those, <laughs> I also want to give out the impression, I don't have these three daughters yet. Uh, I just have a huge feeling every time that I try to have a kid, it's going to be a girl. Like I just, I have the deepest gut feeling. Uh, if you're listening to this and you're uh, my son, <laughs> uh, that's why you never go all in on bets because no matter how sure you are, uh, things can always end up for um, uh, <laughs> for the better. If you're hearing this as you're my daughter, I'm not saying that it'd be better if it was a boy. Uh, I love you just the same. I'm just trying to save face right now because I don't know how to actually make this all sound okay. I love you both. Um, Daddy's always a jokester. Anyway, uh, I will see everybody next week on the Twitch live stream at 7.30 p.m. Pacific time at twitch.tv slash gang or the podcast uh, next week. Uh, next week. I don't know exactly when I'm going to actually uh, record it because like this week, I, I recorded it kind of early. I'm going to list out the patrons here. I almost forgot to do that. I'm not going to even say the, out, the regular outro. Uh, I'll just say that for kind of for next time. I want to say a big, big shout out. And honestly, yeah, I, maybe I want to do something, start, start doing something new with this like list. Um, maybe like say it in the middle of the podcast episode or maybe do something like, I don't know, like my favorite fact about some of them, if, if I have one. Uh, Something like that. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, shout out to uh, my patrons here. AG, Arfman, Averillion, Beans, J. Kim, Can't Make Money, IRL, Chicken Dinner, Empty Camps, Fancy Wolf, Froggy Fresh, Trade, Grandpa, Nanify, JD31, JZN, Kapoish, Laser, Zervis, Leo, Jetson, Blowish, Gunsword, Master XC, Malt, Man, 1856, Moonfly, Mental, Dundum, M. Hayden, Mike D, Mitch Bay, Seven, Moz, Mr. Integrity, Mr. Sneezing, Nah, Fatch, Pasture, Bedtime, Pocket Change, Rooster, Rustier, Seneca, Shifty, Slow Motion, Statistic, Grand, Symmetrics, The Jester, Theta Ray, Upstream Puddle, Vlad TC, and NSS88. Well, I'm not going to waste any more uh, of your guys' and girls' time. Uh, have a good day at work if you're stepping out of the car. Uh, have a great week, and I'll see everybody next week. Bye-bye.